Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Business Black Belts. My name is Annie Rogers, and I have a very special guest with us, um, Idania Samudio, who I ironically live about 15 minutes away from. So, Idania, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are. If you had to give someone your rundown of your life in two minutes, what would you say? Oh, that's a tricky one. Two minutes? Okay. So, here's the rundown. I was born in Panama. I moved to the United States when I was six. We lived in New York, New Jersey, and then when I was a young adult, moved to North Carolina. And about six years ago, I moved to Indiana because my husband works in racing and this is where IndyCar is. So that's the short of it. (laughs) And tell me a little bit about your background of what you do for your consulting business. So uh, about, let's see, uh, 2009, um, I started con- I started working on payroll implementations, uh, HR payroll implementations, because prior to that, I was doing more HR payroll operations um, when I was working on my undergrad. And I was thinking about, you know, how to use these skills. Um, I had previously, when I worked in the operation payroll section, I was working in the school system. And originally my plan was to be an art teacher. So I have two little girls that I had when I was um, 17, about to be 18. And um, I kind of worked and went to school during that time to finish my undergrad. And so then when I finished and I was still working in the school system, I really thought about, you know, obviously I was also in transition with, you know, um, being a single mom. And I thought, you know, I need to support these two girls. Like, what is something else I really enjoy? And one of the other things that I really enjoyed was systems. So I went back and got my master's in intern in information technology. And then um, I wanted to merge those two things. Like, how do I use the operational background that I've had? And also then, you know, now my newfound uh, skills of technology to, you know, make a career of it. So a friend of mine who was, going to master's program with me she told me about a role where i can um, help lead a payroll implementation and i thought great that sounds perfect so i started doing that and in that process of working on the client side for about a year and a half i thought man i really enjoyed the idea of kind of implementing from client to client helping different businesses um I tend to get bored really quickly, you know, with uh, different like operational pieces. I just want to, it's like project stuff I really enjoy, but kind of the day-to-day, not so much. So Mm -hmm. I thought, hmm, maybe I want to be, I started telling some of my consultant friends at that time because they had, you know, some of the consultants come in and help with the project and they referred me to Accenture. So I started working with Accenture and I worked with them for about a year. And then I worked with uh, PwC. Um, I moved from Accenture to PwC. Accenture is good. They were just not the right, I think, culture for me. Um, I like more of a collaborative culture. Just everyone's like one team and we can all, you know, help each other. Uh, PwC was a good fit, but I still, when I came, um, when I thought about the client and what the client really needed, I still felt like there was something missing. So I went back on the client side and 
that client that I went back out with, they actually, after 10 months, decided they were going to restructure their HR uh, information systems team. And so they laid a few of us off. And at that point, I thought, do I go back to PwC or Accenture? Like, what do I want to do? And I thought, I really want to stay helping the client. And that's when I decided to open up my own business and focus on um, the things that I knew that sort of being that interpreter between the, you know, implementing partner and then also between what the operational team knows, because at the point where you come into do business requirements, the, the client doesn't really know a lot about the system. So I can fit into that middle ground to help both sides understand what we're really asking. And so we could get what we really need from the system. So I want to go back to what you said in the beginning because you said it so quickly and I want our audience to appreciate that at one point you were a full-time student you were working and you were a single mom and going to school full-time and going to school full-time that is insane yeah yeah it really is especially especially because at that time I think my girls are probably starting kindergarten. Um, when I moved from New Jersey, so my youngest child, uh, who's now 27, when I had her, uh, she's April. So it was, she was like two or three months when I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. I took a semester off of going immediately into college, but I knew I was going to go anyway. So I went into, I went to the university the spring of 1996 or whatever that timing was and I continued until I moved to North Carolina now when I moved to North Carolina so this was all New Jersey when I moved to North Carolina uh, they didn't have exactly the program that I needed they because I was going for a BFA and so I needed to find the right school and so it took me a little bit of time uh, to find that the school again and then kind of just assess myself with like, am I staying in North Carolina? What am I doing? Right. Um, and so when I went back, yeah, they were both luckily, you know, um, I, like I said, I worked with the school system and so they would let me flex my hours. Like I could, some days I would work longer. Um, and then I would leave early to go to my classes. So I had my classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then I would work longer hours on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. And they also had, um, a nice program where, it, I could at least flex those hours and say, you know, going to school because it was a federal program that I was working with and they were big on going back to school um, or getting your degree. So that was helpful. But yes, most of those years um, in North Carolina, you know, it was me and the two girls and yes, they, their dad was around sometimes, but not, not all the time. So I had to kind of just make it work. How did you manage to keep your schoolwork and your your work work, you know, to use a very professional term there, how did you manage to keep all of that organized while still being a full-time parent? You know, um, I have to think back about it a lot and only because my child, my oldest child also have, has a child now and she's always trying to figure out how I, she, because in her mind, she says, I don't remember you ever doing any homework. I was like, yeah, no, I didn't while you guys were awake. So they always went to bed by nine. And I would say that I I was present and did my work work when I was at work. 
And then I was present and did my mom duties when I when the girls came home, made dinners every night, you know, all that good stuff, spend time with them, put them to bed. And then I would do my homework between nine and midnight. So I would manage those hours in order to do like my homework if I, you know, didn't have class that day. And how early did you have to get up the next day? Uh, typically, I would get up earlier than them. So it wasn't super early. I've always been really good about getting enough sleep because I'm not a very happy human if I don't have enough sleep. And I've known that about myself since I was a teenager. <laughs> very fair. <laughs> yeah, so I would get up probably around six. But you know, to be honest, like the biggest thing, um, and I say this to my daughter too, is time management and making sure that you plan like, I have planners that I've used since like 1995. Like I've kept them all throughout my different moves because I would plan out, okay, this day and this week and this month, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And then this is going to get done here. And just making sure that I actually do it and have a running list. Or if I don't do it, then I move it immediately to like the next day or the next week. It depends on priority, but I, you know, my, I have a sister who used to kind of make fun of me for having a planner or living my life that way. I was like, I just don't know how else to do it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I don't know how you could do all of that without keeping it all written down in a planner. Um, oh yeah. What would you say to someone, specifically a young woman who might be in a similar position who has kids and is mostly on her own with them, but wants to go back to school or wants to get a different job. What advice would you have for her? I mean, honestly, the the biggest thing I always tell people is what is your goal? Like, is it something that's achievable? Sometimes we think our goal, like we make really big goals for ourselves, but we don't have any action steps towards them. So let's say you want to get a degree, you know, that's going to take you about four years. How do you plan out? Like the next four years are going to be, hey, um, maybe I don't go and see my friends, but once a month, or maybe like there has to be some sacrifice somewhere because time, you know, especially when you have your kids, I think for me, the most important piece is to be present with your children. So then mm -hmm. what other hours do you have in the day? But that, but nowadays, to be honest, like it is, so much easier because there's online schooling, there's online classes, there's um, there's all these things you can do. You can work remotely, you can work anywhere, you can work different flex hours. Like those were not the things that were in place when I was um, doing this before. So now I think as long as you plan it out, it's so much uh, easier in the sense that you have all this technology, you have the ability to like bring it home to, you know, be dedicated and disciplined to continue to do it. Oh, it's so inspiring. And it's encouraging for, for those of us who didn't have to go through that, you know, being a parent, being a full-time worker and a full-time student that, you know, it's really all about, like you said, setting out your goals, telling yourself the steps you need to take, and then just having the discipline to do that. I think, you know, discipline is probably the biggest part of it. Oh, absolutely. Um, if you don't, if you set out goals and then you don't have any tasks to go with your goals, how will you accomplish them? They seem more like pipe dreams than they do goals. So anytime I have a goal, I also have a list of like, here are the things I need to do. And you know what? Sometimes you don't know what 
actions you need to take, but I think categorizing like, okay, I'm going to go to school. A, I need to apply to school. All right, what does it mean to apply to school? Do I need to get my test or whatever? And give yourself a timeline as to when you want to do this. I work really well with, uh, you know, due dates. So if I say I want to do this by XYZ time, then that's when I aim to do it by. I think sometimes for us, if we don't have anyone to hold us accountable, uh, we don't do the things that we think we want to do. So if you're one of those people who need to be held accountable, tell people. When you tell someone your goals or what you plan on doing, you're more likely to do it than if you keep that as uh, a secret because not only are you putting it out there in the universe, right? But also you're letting other people know and they want to support that too. And it holds you accountable to the fact that you said you wanted to go to school. You said you wanted to accomplish this. Why aren't you, right? Uh, so I think those things uh, are helpful. I usually do a kind of a combination of those things. Most people, honestly, with me, they don't, I am quite disciplined and they don't have to tell me or hold me accountable. There are things that I may be less likely to do if I'm not held accountable. But like I said, I work towards due dates. So as long as I give myself a due date and I know that it's a priority, I'll work towards that. But there are things like that don't seem, you know, um, as important. Like, for example, I recently started learning to play the piano. At first, I wanted to teach myself how to play the piano. And then I realized if I don't get a piano teacher, I'm actually not going to do as much as I want to because now I have this person who I have to, you know, make sure I practice for, you know, once a week. And he he's like, oh, have you been practicing this? Uh, OK, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, like you have to tell this person that. But I know that that was an issue for me for learning the piano. It may not be an issue for me in other things, but it just depends on like getting to know what you how you really work with things um, and whether or not you procrastinate, you know, we just need to be honest with ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a good reminder. I think a lot of times when our goals don't, you know, we don't accomplish our goals. Sometimes it's easy to blame it on outside factors and there's always going to be those, but I think discipline and accountability is a huge part of it. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you sometimes some of the, the things I've accomplished during the times like, I was working on my uh, scene. No, I'm sorry. It was my master's program. And I, it was one of the harder classes I had. And I really had no idea how I was going to accomplish this because at the same time, my dad was very sick and we pretty much spent almost every day in the hospital with him. And so that during that time, and then I think, um, yeah, he was just very sick. So we were always at the hospital, but I was not able to always do the the level of effort that I wanted, you know, like I maybe I wasn't going to get an A in that class, but I also cut myself some slack and said, you know what, actually, yes, I love this class, but at the same time, this is not what I'm going to be doing professionally. Right. So I, you know, I explained the situation to the teacher, you, you know, you also need to like share what's going on with you sometimes with people. And then I just, I gave it my best given the circumstances, and I passed. Nope, I didn't pass with an A. It was probably a B or a C plus. I can't remember at this point. I did all of my work or I got extra credit or whatever needed to be done. You have to work around because these things will happen. And inevitably, every time you're working towards a goal, almost 
as you're closer to it, the more things seem to get in your way. Oh. And if you stop at that point, then what have you worked towards? It will be so devastating to just be like, no, I'm going to give up now. No, when you feel that, don't do it. Yeah. Oh, it's just about pushing through that final wall and and mm-hmm. trying to accomplish whatever you can with what you're given. And it's a good reminder, too, that our best looks different, you know, in different circumstances. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's an A, sometimes it's a C plus, you know, sometimes it's absolutely killing it on a project. Other times it's just getting it done on the deadline, you know, and I think that's an important reminder for everybody listening. Oh, absolutely. Because I think so much of this, we put, we put a lot of expectations on ourselves, right? We want to do the best, or we want to be the best at this. And honestly, depending on the phase of your life, maybe you're not the best at this, at this moment. So like during the time that my girls that, you know, I was home with them, not home, but like they were little, I, um, I made sure that they were my priority. So that meant that maybe I didn't have the career that I wanted. And I was okay with that. Like I enjoyed my job. I loved what I did, but my priority, and this is, again, for me, I'm not saying this against any anyone, what they choose to do, but for me, spending time with them, like 18 years with them definitely was not enough, but those 18 years were the only 18 years I was going to get. So yeah. those memories, every moment that I spent with them, everything just to make sure I got home and made dinner every night, like that was so worth it because now I honestly, I'm an, I've been an empty nester now for about yeah, six years and seven. And they both, you know, they're doing their own thing and I get to do mine. So it just looks different at every stage of your life. So you have to cut yourself some slack, even if you think you should be, because I think we compare ourselves a lot and social media nowadays is really not great because it makes you think that if you see another mom being this excellent mom. She puts on these parties. She does whatever, you know, it looks amazing on paper, but is that really, it's, they're just pictures, right? So we're comparing ourselves to things that may not even be real. So I do tell a lot of the uh, young moms that I know, don't compare yourself to anyone. You are walking your own path. You cannot, there's no other one like you. So just walk your path and live the best that you can and do the best that you can at this moment. And that's it. That's all you can do. Comparison is the thief of joy. Never. Absolutely. Happened. That was my mom who said that. That was not an original thought. So I do have to give her credit. To that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in case she's listening. Um, but it, it's so true. You know, like, I think that's why social media can be so toxic. Um, obviously, another Absolutely. discussion for another time. Yeah. But I really want to go back to um, so what you're saying about your education. So you started out as an art major and now you're working in payroll systems. So tell me a little bit about the integration of your art background with the consulting work you do now. Yeah. So I'm always trying to think of ways to be, so part of what, part of what being an artist has done for my thinking is there's just a lot of creativity out of the box type of thinking, because I'm always looking for ways that maybe others may not see when you're an, when you're an artist or a musician, or you're sort of bringing out those parts of you, you get to actually, it it just really helps you think differently. You know, you think about Steve Jobs, think differently. Yes, you could think differently, but not everyone does because 
um, a lot of us maybe don't have necessarily that creative thinking that we spend time in because, you know, in schools, they really focus on sciences, nowadays, especially technology and all these things. And some of the art programs or music programs get dropped, but having those things is what helps you to be an out of the box thinker, a think differently type of person. So I bring that into pretty much everything that I do, um, every project. I'm looking for ways, you know, when someone says like, oh yeah, no, this can't be done. I'm like, can it, mm. um, let me see how this can be maybe approached differently. Um, let me see how I can think really through this. Uh, I feel like sometimes I just scan my whole brain or like every thought, oh yeah, maybe here, maybe this is. And then the other thing is I kind of bounce it off of other people. And one, one thing someone might say might trigger another thought and that creative thinking has really brought it, but I also like to use it within my own company. So because I think creative thinking is so important, uh, when the, when COVID started, we started doing these like team tea times. And yes. one of the things that we would do, my admin at that point, she would uh, put together things that art projects that we were going to do. So we did, we've learned to crochet. We did things like uh you know you've heard the company painting with a twist or you know when people go painting and they drink one so she used to work for one of them and she would give us painting lessons and now by you know my art background i'm a painter and photographer but this was more just for everyone and, and you know i don't paint necessarily the way she paints so it was great to just get on a on a zoom we would do it via zoom which was amazing um mm -hmm via zoom we would watch her paint we would do it separately then we would kind of show each other our paintings and and we would talk through and say we're so confused or it was such a great team building but it was also to get them out of their normal thought process the one that i thought that was the most interesting was crocheting we did a session with crocheting and the way that everyone approached crocheting was so telling about that person like if a person got frustrated and just wanted to give it up, it was almost the same exact way that they did it in real life and how they work together. So I mm -hmm. joke around with my admin and I would say, you know, when we hire people, we should really give them a crochet test to really <laughs> see their personality. <laughs> Can oh, you crochet this? <laughs> imagine walking into a job interview and the first question is, please crochet. We'll watch. It's like, listen, we just sent this for you. Can you take some time? This person's going to teach you how to do this. Can you work on this? And it would be like a single line. Even just a single line got so many people, um, you know, they, they would get frustrated. They just didn't want to do it. They would give it to someone else. And it was just so interesting to watch everyone through the process um, that, yeah, if, if we ever implemented something, uh, I think, worldly, where people could be uh interviewed and a crochet test it would be the best telling of like if you hire, are hiring the right person or not interesting well we're gonna have I to know. take some notes for our own hiring process and <laughs> crochet kit and we can watch them but yeah, yeah. it's so fascinating sure. do you feel like when you take breaks to practice art during the day you know whether it's painting or you know something more creative or not more, but like other like facets of it. Um, do you feel like that helps your productivity in the end? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so sometimes when we are focused on something and we we kind of get in our heads 
and I think this doesn't is not only you know for painting or photography it really could be anything because one of the things that I get really you know especially all these years in consulting we work really long hours um sometimes you know 17 hour days sometimes some of some of the consultants don't sleep and depending on the project I've had that happen to me and um I don't recommend it usually I'm not like I said I'm not a happy person most of my clients assume I don't sleep just because of the level of work I get done but on a day like that, or a day where it's like back to my, back meetings from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., I try to incorporate either, you know, what else can your mind also do that will bring it some joy? You know, mm-hmm. can you get yourself a cup of tea, maybe in your favorite uh, mug, and you put it exactly just the right way, and then you turn a candle on, or like you maybe carry a sketchbook, and you, you'll doodle maybe during a call or, or something. I really try to incorporate those during the day to keep me um, going, but also to keep me, fo- like, because calls could get you into a bad place, I think, mood wise you know you could have had a bad call with someone and how do you come back to jump into the next call like it it does take a little bit of management on yourself uh throughout the day going from call to call or from you know all these different groups of people and everybody has different personalities so uh how do you get yourself back so i use my art i use just different pieces of um ways to find joy in the day to incorporate that into my day uh and yeah obviously making tea is a big one for me. I do actually love tea. I think what that shows us is that we can find sacredness in very little seemingly mundane moments. You know, I I feel like a lot of people think that that is found in like a, you know, soul searching trip to Hawaii for two weeks, you know, or, or getting married, which are all, you know, big, important things, obviously. But I think it It can actually be very toxic if we get into a mindset where 90% of our week, you know, our work week doesn't mean anything to, you know, our mental health or to our happiness. So doing those small, almost kind of rituals, I think is really, really important and saying, okay, I want to be mindful. I want to value this moment and not just think about rushing through it, which we're all doing. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, when I first moved to Indiana, I mean, everyone always hears this story from me because moving here was very difficult. North Carolina has a lot of sun and I've, I've never, and I've never loved the sun more than I do now. Mm. I, I guess I've taken it for granted for many years, but coming here that first year, you know, I'm a morning person and sometimes Indiana mornings are dark. It's like yeah. seven or 8 AM and sometimes close to nine. And you're like, where's the sun? Um, yeah. There's no sun, right? And so it in the winter, I actually, uh, the first winter here, I had a very difficult time. And so the next few winters, I was like, what can I do to, you know, have a better time? So what I do in the, like I have winter projects, but then when I wake up in the morning, what I do is I, um, I turn on candles and mm-hmm. I, you know, create this sort of space with candles. I get myself, you know, a drink or a tea or something and I will do some devotionals in the morning and just really get myself in the right place because a I'm cold I'm not a fan of it b yes. it's dark outside and it's so dark that you feel like it's midnight you should be sleeping but no it's not it's like eight o'clock <laughs> in the morning um <laughs> and so 
just knowing that of myself, I'm a morning person. I would prefer not to be miserable on morning. So doing those little things in the winter and then also in the evening, like having evening projects or things to look for because it's dark. I could I could be home for days. I literally could leave my house for like a week at a time and not go anywhere and be mm-hmm. fine because I do create these, like mm-hmm. you said, habits or different pockets in the day where I'm trying to find, uh, you know, joy or making sure that the day goes well. What was the Dutch name? It was like a Dutch habit or ritual. Oh, name. it was, um, it's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. And I think it's like Hugga. Um, uh-huh. They, so they're, the Danes are, the Dutch are known for very, for, for being the happiest people. Um, and so this book is actually, it talks about creating what they called Hugga um, of your day. And some, some of these things that I talk about, you know, I was already doing a lot of them, but seeing how they do it, I was like, yes, this is exactly right. Like creating moments of, you know, um, especially in the winter, you know, being next to a fireplace or, oh yeah, by the way, I got myself like one of those fake electric fireplaces that look like a real fireplace, like a (laughs) oven. And I turn it on, on, winter mornings and I just go around and take my my tea and then I put my candles on it all feels very hugga but the other piece of it uh is sweaters and having people around you so yes all of these things bring you joy but it's about also creating that environment like I think in the book they talk about you know when they go skiing not not that the skiing is not good but the best part of it is being with the people that you care about, sitting around a fireplace, the warmth of it. I'm like, yes, that is the best part of it. Of it. I mean, yes, skiing is good, but my God, those other times. So how do you incorporate that into like your daily habits, you know? Mm. Do you feel like uh, you're, the consultants working for you try to implement those as well? Or is that more of a process that they're learning? Um. I try, so one of the things that I've noticed I try to do with my consultants is I do try to make sure that they are not stressed. Um, I had one of my consultants, she was pregnant, but she was, she's like a crazy person. She works all the time and not because I force her. She actually just, it's just the way she works. And sometimes I'll just say like, Hey, listen, today's a light day. Why don't you just take the afternoon. It's a beautiful day. Go, go, go. Yeah. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, go. Goodbye. Like, I'll take care of whatever else you have going on and you could go. So I want to, I do try to incorporate that whole, incorporate that whole, we are, you know, it is a, is, uh, you know, we work together, but I do care about these people. I also care about lots of all of the consultants that I work with because they tend to get, you know, like I said, we work very long hours. So they get tend to get sick a lot. And then when they are healthy again, they either get sick again because they never rested enough to get fully well. And so I'm, if I hear them on the call and I hear that they're coughing, I'm like, Hey, are you okay? I'll call it out. Even on the call, like, are you okay? Are you sick? Because I think sometimes we forget that these are humans. These are not robots. Um, and just bringing more to light, like, um, if you look at my Instagram, or my the company's Instagram, a lot of it is about, you know, self-care or how as a consultant, we, we need to pay attention to, you know, 
sleeping or walking or whatever. So it really is a lot about self-care because I don't know that we spend a lot of time thinking about how we need to be healthy so that we're healthy for our clients. We, a lot of, you know, consultants think all the client work we have to do, how do we meet all these deadlines? And you're almost killing yourself. Like you get burnt out. So it's, there, there has to be a balance, right? And, and I won't lie to you. I am a workaholic, like yeah. <laughs> I am a workaholic. I will work all those hours, but I will also step back, like I said, and create those moments. But when I am making sure that I spend like enough time with my daughters or that I'm spending time, you know, with my husband or just with friends or whatever, when I'm with those people, I am present. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not thinking that there's a, a call coming through. Just the other day, I had to do a shoot and the whole team was concerned that I was going to be out of the office. Um, I was still online for a few questions they might have, but during the time that was the ceremony, I was pretty, I was very present during this whole time. It was just like one-offs. Uh, the team contacted me because they still needed to feel comfortable because they were processing payroll and they're still feeling a little bit antsy about it. So, you know, you got to kind of manage those, uh, those different times of, being a workaholic and also spending enough time with the people that really matter because at the end of the day honestly that is what matters the people the people that you have around you the people on the teams how they're doing not just this work that we're doing absolutely it reminds me of our director of campaigns Malcolm who just works tireless tirelessly for us and I told him my goal is for our project managers to be so adept at what they're doing that he and his wife can go to Hawaii for a week and he doesn't have to touch his phone, you know, which like for him, he's like, oh, look, I'd still bring my laptop to the beach. I was like, no, you know, like take time to rest. <laughs> you know, it's hard when people rely on you, you know, there is that aspect of wanting to make sure everything is taken care of. But at the end of the day, you know, we can't be on 24-7, even if we want to. No, but, you know, I, I can see his point, too, um, because when I travel or take vacation, in parentheses, um, <laughs> I, I still take my laptop. My husband and I both take our laptops, and he most mostly for the sake of, like, if something does come up and he has, like, an emergency, he has to, yeah. you know, get on his laptop. But me, I actually will work at least four hours, at least half a day um, when I travel, I think. So when we went, we went, my husband and I travel for our anniversary um, almost every year, except for during these COVID years. Uh-huh. We've traveled different places in the U.S., but not uh, globally. But one year we went to Hong Kong and oh. we, yeah, it was amazing. Hong Kong was amazing. But I would work like a couple of hours in the morning while he was getting ready. And then I would work when we got back because we'd been out a whole day. So during the other time, obviously, again, truly present, enjoying the time. But then, we, you know, when you get back home and you're like, oh, we're just, you know, watching TV, I would open up my laptop and I would look at a few emails because part of it is as much as, yes, I'd like to take some time away completely from my uh, day job, the, the amount of emails or things that I've noticed happen I've done this before where I have taken time and I come back and it's like, what has happened here? Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> yes. What happened here? It's like people forget what they're supposed to be doing. I'm not sure. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll check a few emails, make sure that there's nothing falling through the cracks and then 
shut it down and go and have my adventures and, you know, enjoy the day. And then I'll come back and probably do about the same thing. We did, we, I think I may have told you the story about when my daughters and I went to Italy for five weeks because they oh. had a study abroad program. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I so we, oh. yeah. So my daughter um, wanted to go to a study abroad program because I was kind of, I sort of not pushed it on her, but I always told her like one of the things I didn't get a chance to do during my college years was go to study abroad program. And if she wants to go, even though she had my grandson at the time, I said, let me know, we'll figure it out. Like, so what happened was her school had a study abroad program in Italy in Rome and her sister, who's also, they're both artists. Both my daughters are artists. One is a graphic designer. The other one's uh, mm -hmm. studying to be a curator. So the um the my youngest daughter who was in new york she applied to the same uh, summer program so she got in and then because i can really work from anywhere i went with her and then we had a room a three-bedroom apartment and one of the rooms uh the her classmates two classmates lived there that were close friends with her so we we rented an apartment over there which most of the people did but ours was a little bit further from the school we lived, um, it was a really nice apartment, but we lived in uh, Via Familia and it had like your local shops and your local, you know, restaurants cool. and it had a little children's museum right near, which I didn't know before, but it was great for when I had my grandson. And so I would work, I mean, I would be with him until about 3 p.m. and then my youngest daughter would come and then I would work 3 p.m. to 11 p.m., which was about the same time as the U.S. time. So I didn't yeah. really miss anything. And nice. um, and then on the weekends, we would go venture out to like Venice or Pompeii or we went to the beach, Berlanga. But yeah, it was such a great adventure. And then the week after Rome, we went to Greece. And oh. same thing. I Yeah, I actually ended up getting a new project while I was in Italy and nice. had to go get um, drug tested in Italy, which I don't speak fluent Italian. That was really <laughs> difficult. <laughs> oh, man. Oh my goodness. And yes, and then I got I started my new project while I was in Greece and that one was a bit crazy. So I didn't get to do as much as I wanted in Greece, but I still got to enjoy some of it some of it. So I was glad to be there with my, my daughter. And actually my mom and little sister joined us for that one too. Oh, how fun. Oh my goodness. I mean for people who work remote, if you have the means, why not? You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I'm I actually try to convince my little sister to go and uh, work remotely from like, you know, the world. I'm like, you should try it for like a year. She's like, why? I'm like, you should just do it. <laughs> when else can you do this, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's no better time, especially when you have the means and you have a little bit of space and time. Might as well go for it. Yeah. Uh, it's obvious you're very passionate about your business. You know, you're working in Greece. I remember when I was in Greece, I did not want to do any work. Um, you know, you work in Greece, work in Italy, working on vacation. Tell me about some of the biggest obstacles you face when starting your own business. I think even now, um, well, some of the biggest obstacles really is hiring the right people to help you with the things that you really need. So I, when you first start, at least for me, it was difficult to know, like, who, what is the model that I'm using? Like, I know this stuff now and in consulting, there really isn't, you know, 
uh, I try to join a lot of, uh, you know, like female entrepreneur groups and all this, these different types of groups, but a lot of them are not consulting. They're not, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, it's products or it's like a restaurant or, and not that I can't take or learn from them. I definitely can. And I do, it's just, it's, there's no one showing you or telling you what the margin looks like on a, you know, financials or how to do all this. So, you know, I think finding the right people to, to do the things that you need help doing, but then also the biggest hurdle I think is just for me, my downside is really like sales and being able to not just spend the time doing it because as any salesperson knows, it takes a lot of time to reach out to companies, to follow up with companies, to have strategies. That's a full-time job. And I work on clients, I would say 70 to 80 hours a week. And then I do my company work and their sales is not a thing that I am bandwidth wise able to do. It's not that I'm not capable. It's, there's only so many hours in a day, right? And so just finding uh, people and the right models to support that, I think for me was a difficult uh, thing to do. But luckily we're kind of getting into a groove of things and I have enough resources now, enough people that I've learned from or that are willing to help with the process. So, you know, they always say surround yourself with good people. It's very true in anything that you do. Mm, Absolutely. And I think, you know, in every walk of life, it's so important to be surrounded by people, like you said, that hold you accountable, that can help you think outside of the box, because it's so hard to do this on your own. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Idania, there's two more questions I want to ask you before we wrap up. The first is, you know, per the title of our podcast, we love to hear how our guests are really standing out in their field. So what would you say are some things that make you a black belt in your field of work? Some things that make me a black belt in my field. So besides being an expert in what I do. I mean, I've been doing this for so long, I can do it all in my sleep. Besides that, I think really the thing that makes us or separates us from some of the other uh, firms is that we really are focused on our clients. Like, you know, you hear customer centric um, words that are thrown out there and phrases, but you wonder, are they really? And in our case, you know, it's, it's not, just about making money it's not just about the bottom line and that's really the biggest reason that i um, wanted to come out of being in a big consulting firm because as much as i do believe they're trying to help the client they can only do a specific part and they follow their models and on my side i want to you know i go into a company and i want to learn what you're doing and you tell me where you need me or how much do you need me or do you need training here? Or so like being flexible towards their needs and really understanding operationally what they need the system to do because the system is a tool. So any system could be used to do this, right? To, to pay people or to do HR, any system can be used. Really it's about how you're cha- these this tools also changing your processes and your operations. So really understanding those two those pieces of this is what the system can do for you, 
and this is what it cannot. And here's how we are going to change our process, our operations, to really match how the system can, you know, utilize the system to the best. So beyond just knowing the system that I work with really well um, and having done implementations, you know, U.S. globally and globally, I really, like I said, tailored to my clients to make sure that they're feeling like they're getting the best out of this system. Um, because at the end of the day, it's really about them. I wouldn't even exist if they didn't need me. Mm. I mean, and it's very obvious, you know, we can see how you care for your clients, how hard you work for them, how long you work for them. So that is very, very apparent. Um, well, folks, she is just really, she can do it all. I mean, single mom to art student to full-time consulting business, Idania, it has been a joy to hear your story. And I know our audience feels the exact same. Um, if someone listening wanted to reach you, what would be the best way to contact you? Um, so you can email me uh, at idania at samudioconsulting.com. And that is I-D-A-N-I-A at samudio, S-A-M-U-D-I-O consulting.com. Or you could go to our website, samudioconsulting.com. Thank you so much, Idania. Thank you for your time. And for taking the time to share your story and um, and all the advice you have to our audience. I know they appreciate it and I do too. So thank you for taking the time to do that. Oh, thank you for listening. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Business Black Belts. Should you wanna see more content on both the show, marketing and business in general, feel free to check out my LinkedIn. Thanks.